power on. The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech Podcast feed. It's TIE Fighter Renegades, a Star Wars podcast. Ooh, it is time for a TIE Fighter Renegades. And you know, this is a show where we get to get fully nerdy and just geek out all that good stuff. You know, even though sometimes I would, you know, I used to do it at the end of a, a Sovereign Tech episode. Um, we can do it here. And not only that, but we've long established, Rob and I, you know, that TIE Fighter Renegades is more than just a Star Wars show. And so there's a subject which actually played into recent episodes of Sovereign Tech in the Sovereign Technica feed uh, that I really want to get into because things have changed a lot. Um, you know, I've talked about on Patreon content how pleased I am that uh, Avatar The Way of Water has done so well. Uh, what is it? The number four uh, uh, top box office success in history. So it's the number, it's the fourth highest grossing film in history. Now, granted, as I said on Patreon, account for inflation and nothing is even touching Gone with the Wind. Nothing. Okay, you account for inflation, you have a different list. The first Avatar movie would still be on that list. But in the world we live in right now, or in the inflation <laughs> rampant world that we live in, um, you know, Avatar The Way of Water is at number four. Uh, with its predecessor still being number one. By the way, before we go much further, okay, real quick, I just want to inject this. Um, what you are getting here, so if you, especially if you're a Sovereign Tech patron, and I know probably 99%, and this is true for every podcast, no matter how big, even like the Twit audience, I doubt even 1% of their audience is like, you know, part of the, the, you know, in the, in the uh, club twit, which is like their kind of quasi Patreon. Anyway, I only, I know that not, yeah, not even 1% of my audience is a Sovereign Tech patron. You know, if you want to be a patron for what's being done in the Sovereign Technica feed, please, by all means, go to patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech link is in the show notes. But anyway, um, if you are a patron, you are getting daily content now. Uh, at least five times a week anyway, you know, like th th that doesn't include weekends, but so five times a week, you're, you know, that's daily, not counting weekends or you're getting weekday content. How about that? Every single day. Um, and that's an exciting prospect for me, you know, to be able to, uh, to, to get this much, uh, you know, get this much out, but you will be getting episodes or if it's like, you know, readings of, uh, audiobooks, like what I've been recently doing with the ego and it's owned by Max Sterner and so on. Every single day, every single weekday, you are getting content. Now, back to talking about content, <laughs> which certainly there's a meta conversation to have around the problem of the term content, but that's not what necessarily what we're going to get into here. So while I've been very pleased at the success of Avatar The Way of Water um, and really a, a, a top franchise for me right now, not all the way at the top. Uh, certainly Star Wars probably still holds that number partly because, I mean, it should be Star Trek, right? Um, Babylon five. I don't know that you exactly want to call that a franchise. Otherwise nothing would beat that. That'd be franchise zero, I guess. But you know, Star Trek, uh, has been so tarnished in the past. Well, since 2017, um, 
even Star Wars hasn't been irreparably tarnished, but Star Trek, uh, and I've gotten questions about this on Patreon as well that I've talked about. Star Trek has been completely irreparably uh, damaged. Um, like there, there is no saving that franchise in the future. It's, it's just impossible. Like you could make the greatest Star Trek show ever. And Star Trek is still ultimately, you know, like it, it just can't achieve former glories, you know, as to where pre 2017 is the greatest shit in history, man. <laughs> but, but now it's, it's. You know, for me anyway, it's going to, you know, eventually probably pop out of my top five, you know, I mean, Highlanders beating it like it just about everything's beating it now. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's so, it's so terrible. Um, I didn't think things could get much worse than new Battlestar Galactica or Game of Thrones as far as shit shows, but Star Trek has, they've pulled it off. You know, they, they've, they have amazingly taking, taken the greatest fictional universe ever devised uh and they've turned it into arguably uh some of the worst television shows ever devised if not the worst um i mean i can think of all all kinds of things that i would rather like i mean aside from you know jamming a pencil into my ear i can think of all kinds of things that i would rather watch than than discovery or picard or lower decks i mean they're 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 all they're they're just they're terrible um Anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> well, I'm just, just getting the pecking order down for you here, okay? <laughs> but um, anyway, something I was excited for, you know, and I talked about it again on, on recent episodes of Sovereign Tech, um, where, you know, like what was going to be happening with the DCEU with this kind of soft reboot, as it were, coming from uh, the, the potential success of Black Adam. Unfortunately... There was debate around what that success actually was and ultimately that it wasn't a success. And because of that, there, the, James Gunn has come in along with Peter Safran and they are now co-CEOs of the DCU. Now this, what they are CEOs of is basically everything DC that is not the comic books. Okay. At one point it sounded like, I mean, these announcements get, so clustered um at one point it sounded like they were also in charge of the comic books which you know i like james Let, let's be clear here uh i don't really have any thoughts about uh saffron or safran and any what it, however you want to pronounce his name in any way but james gunn i have thoughts about uh and i largely like the guy and i think guardians of the galaxy are still some of the only i mean very few good products to come out of the Marvel machine, um, ever, you know, along with like Iron Man and, and maybe, maybe a couple other films here and there, but yeah, like I, 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 I cautiously trust James Gunn to do things right now. That doesn't mean we don't have a whole lot to talk about here. Cause we got to break down what exactly he said. And you know, what are my thoughts on, on what's going to be happening, um, going forward. But when James Gunn came in, uh, he decided to not do a soft reboot, but a full on, like, he's like, all right, everything that kind of came before almost everything I should say is no longer part of, you know, this larger DCU. So, but again, like I said, initially it sounded like he would have had control of the comics. Look, like I said, I like James Gunn. Uh, I have no idea 
how good he is at doing comic books. So it's just as well that he's not in charge of those. That's, that's fine with me. Um, but he is going to be in charge of television, movies, and video games. That's a key point to bring up. And that all of these will now be a, uh, unified, uh, universe as in, you know, what happens in the video games is canon. What happens in the TV shows is canon and what happens in the movies. It's all a shared canon. Uh, it's a very ambitious thing to do, especially when it comes to video games. Um, but you know, it's not like star Wars hasn't effectively actually, I mean, everything with star Wars is canon, how well that's worked out. That's certainly a conversation we'll have. And if you're wondering, you know, where's Rob, uh, we've got episodes coming up. Don't worry. And we're going to be talking about everything and or bad batch, you know, all the stuff that's going on. And of course we have Mandalorian season three on the way. So we'll be getting to that, but back to James Gunn. So this is ambitious because you're playing in a universe with characters that, you know, we could talk about star Wars. We're like, Oh, star Wars is just universally loved for or quote unquote universally loved for, you know, since 1977. Right. Well, we're talking about characters that have been loved since the twenties or the thirties. And I don't mean the 2020s. I mean the 1920s and the 1930s. Okay. We are talking some about some of the most ancient characters in entertainment as we understand it. And you know, th those are, <laughs> that's a tall order, you know, really to take on now, my part of my concern here. Okay. Is that as much as I trust James Gunn, um, James Gunn effectively took characters that most people didn't really know about, right? Like star Lord, you know, and Drax and so on, you know, the guardians of the galaxy, he introduced them. And, but that's the thing is that in a lot of people's mind, there's not a whole lot of expectation of what those characters ended up needing, you know, or what those characters would end up looking like. I'm not saying that he didn't pay some fidelity to the comic books. I actually think he did an interesting job with that. If not so much fidelity, regardless, he did an interesting job with it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, just, that's a lot in my opinion, believe it or not, that's actually an easier thing to do because you, he already had a Marvel universe that he was attached to. So people want to go see the latest Marvel film. And then you have characters that don't have, you know, where, there's not a lot of preconceptions again, where with most or with a good chunk of DC's, uh, uh, you know, cast of characters. Um, no, there people know, you know, whether they're comic book fans or not, they have a very good idea of what Batman is, they have a very good idea what Superman and wonder woman and so on are. Um, so, you know, he, he's, this is, this is a challenge. This is a different challenge than what James Gunn has done before. So I can't just say, oh, well, he did great with star Lord and, you know, in the guardians of the galaxy, he's going to do awesome with this. No, I, I, there's no guarantees, um, of that. I am disappointed. I really am disappointed that Henry Cavill is not coming back as Superman. I thought man of steel was a phenomenal film. I think that Zack Snyder's justice league full title was one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. Um, you know, effectively for all of this to get erased, this sucks, you know? And now we have had, and part of the reason I didn't do this episode sooner is I wanted to let the dust first. I wanted to actually hear what James Gunn had in mind. And we're going to break down every show and movie that he announced. We're going to talk about that here. Okay. But also I wanted to see some of the fallout from industry veterans as it were like some other people, what are their thoughts on it? Including what did the rock think? Because I, I, 
even though the rock wants to come out and say that he wasn't trying to, uh, shall we say Vince McMahon, the, the DCEU, um, I think he most certainly was. <laughs> I mean, hell I've got the t-shirts that say, Oh, the DC universe, you know, the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. And yeah, certainly the rock was looking to be, you know, at the top of that hierarchy. Um, and I actually applauded. I thought that it, that could have been, you know, black Adam versus Superman could have been not only tremendous action on the screen, but could have been one of the greatest philosophical battles of all time. Um, I'm not going to deep dive on that unless it makes sense later on, but I've talked about that in other episodes and certainly you can, you can hunt that down. But anyway, you know, I am ultimately disappointed about what's happening. You know, the fact, or a lot of the ideas clearly that Warner brothers originally had in mind with the soft reboot of black Adam, that they're not happening. Yeah. I mean, this is disappointing for me. Like it, it really is because I, you know, as I reviewed, I thought black Adam was a great fucking movie. I mean, the greatest comic book movie of all time. No, 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 no. But it was a great movie and certainly a better comic book movie than, you know, 80% of what uh, Marvel's, you know, shit out. So anyway, the rock has come out now after a lot of the announcements and we'll get into the announcements, but the rock has come out and said he is not opposed to playing the role of black Adam in the future. Um, and this is important because there are still movies that could be considered part of the Snyderverse or part of the old DCEU, as it were, um, that that are going to get released, like Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which, you know, Black Adam is initially very much a Shazam villain, a Shazam character. Uh, has been for, you know, 80 years. <laughs> uh, or going on 70, 80 years. But anyway... Um, so we'll talk about it. Why don't we go ahead? Let's break into it. Okay. I've given you my thoughts about James Gunn. I'm cautiously optimistic about what he can do with this, uh, what he can do with the, with, you know, DC characters, these absolutely legendary larger than life characters. Um, but let's talk about what he has in mind. So as far as movies go, the only one that was announced and there was, you know, you can watch the video. It's like a five minute video where he just lays everything out. He says, fantastic way too much. Uh, but that's fine. I can be repetitive with, uh, with my adjectives often enough. Um, so anyway, so the one movie that did get an, uh, a release date as far as new film getting made by James Gunn, that's not a pre-existent movie, you know, say like the flash or Shazam Fury of the gods. Again, we'll talk about those, uh, is the new Superman film. And the film is Superman Legacy, and it's going to be coming out July 11th, 2025. Now, let's be honest. That date could change, you know, in a minute. <laughs> okay. I mean, there, there's no there's no real hard date on that. Um, so don't don't really get your hopes up on this. Uh, you know, as far as trusting a release date minus a pandemic, uh, the only time you can even begin to count on a release date is if maybe, you know, like may, maybe if, if, if they said that, oh, you know, the editing's done, maybe. But today I think editing's getting done like right before it gets, you know, streamed to the theaters. <laughs> like it's, and I say stream because like who, who's actually, who's a, there's no trucks, you know, the Teamsters aren't actually like driving trucks of film to theaters anymore. You know, it, it's, it's just getting sent around on hard drives. Might as well be streaming. Anyway. So this date, that's a soft date. I, I mean, I guess he had to give some kind of a date, but don't count on this shit. Okay. 
Um, as far as, you know, what his plans are for this film, James Gunn's making it clear he wants it to be a more hopeful Superman. He wants it to, in fact, he's explicitly said he wants it to be a Superman who is, has a fear of harming a single living soul. Those were his exact words. Um, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm fine with that. You know, I, I loved what Zack Snyder did with Man of Steel, and I thought Henry Cavill's portrayal was incredible. Uh, but okay. You know, and, and, and Hey, with any of this stuff that, that he laid out, there's no announcement of actors. There's, there's nothing like that. I mean, they're going to milk the marketing machine around this forever. Um, speaking of that quick, before we continue down the list, let me, let me say this. I want to give James Gunn actually some credit for he is. And granted, this is its own marketing for sure, but he is going after even the smallest of blogs and their kind of BS stories on like Twitter, like he's going right after these people where, you know, some blog will say, oh, you know, like, like this is the actor for Superman or whatever. And James Gunn will say, no, I have made no announcement about an actor. I can tell you there's no actor chosen right now. And I love that. I love it that he's just, he is shooting down all of these dumbass little YouTube channels and these dumbass fucking blogs who don't have a fucking clue and they're all doing clickbait and, and whatever, what do they call it? Gurning or whatever the, the, the faces they make on their, on their thumbnails and everything. I mean, he's just tearing these people apart in, in a nice way. I read it as vicious and I love it, you know? <laughs> so I want to give James Gunn credit for like going after the fucking critics, you know, and go and going after, I mean, is, is he kind of attacking the fans? You know, I mean, at least he's not, here's the thing. You could say he, some people I think might feel he's attacking the fans. I don't think it's that, you know, who attacks fans? That's Rune John. I mean, Ryan Johnson. Okay. When you put, when you put out a picture of you holding up a sign that says your Snoke theory sucks. No, you're an asshole. James Gunn is just, you know, make setting the record straight. Those are two very, very different, uh, 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 schemes <laughs> attack vectors. Maybe again, I don't even necessarily want to say it's an attack. He's just, you know, he's nipping all these things in the bud and I absolutely love seeing it. Like it, it's a joy, you know, to, to not, not that there's much joy on Twitter, but boy, if there was, it'd be what James Gunn is doing right there. I got to give him credit for that. Anyway. So with Superman, we're looking at a old fashioned Superman. Again, I have no problem with this. That's fine. You know, it's a Superman movie. Honestly, it's going to do insane numbers no matter how the film turns out. No matter what the attitude of the movie is. It's going to do insane numbers. Because you have, you know, one of, if not the biggest uh, fictional character in history. So, it's just guaranteed money. Um, but it could suck. You know, like, really, James Gunn could get this wrong. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, next movie, uh, the authority, this was an interesting pick. Um, well, I guess, all right, hold on before we get into the authority, I guess with Superman, let me just say, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing's ever going to top, you know, the 78 Superman. I mean, easily one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, you're not going to top Christopher Reeve. Um, you know, everybody, everybody is going to play second, second fiddle to Christopher Reeve. So you know, I don't need this to be the greatest movie ever. That's already come and gone. Uh, but it's just got to do a pretty good job. 
set up Superman, you know, and because Superman is the linchpin of your universe. So, of course, you got to set him up and it's the movie you want to start with. And it's an easy way to make money. I have no problem. I understand this, the business side of this. Fine, whatever. Okay, going on to the authority. This is a bold move because, and this is one where I think James Gunn could shine because people, you know, outside of comic book fans, they don't know the authority. Okay, the authority is like this, they're this really brutal Justice League where they think that, you know, all the 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 non-metahumans, uh, uh, you know, like all, all the, the non-superheroes uh, are kind of dum-dums and they need to be shown how it's done. And they need to be shown the way and blah, blah, blah. And, and even by force. And that's what the authority does. Um, this is, I think that this movie would be an excellent movie to make and to release directly after Superman, because you're going to make an incredibly dark film. And I don't even mean sardonic like Suicide Squad, which also James Gunn did a great job with, with the Suicide Squad, the, in the beginning. Um, this, this is good. This would be a very, very dark film. I think you need to make a movie like Superman legacy. If it's going to be that down Hokum and bright to offset and even let parents know, Hey, <laughs> like, yeah, we know, we know this is a really dark film, but don't worry, you know, Superman, everything's going to be, you know, sugar and or sweetness and light somewhere. Anyway. Um, so the authority that should be pretty interesting. I, I thought again, I thought that was a pretty bold move, uh, you know, to make a movie on that. And I imagine James Gunn is trying to, you know, he's pulling. This is going to be effectively. This is going to be his Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, okay, the Brave and the Bold. Let's move on to the next film, The Brave and the Bold. This is going to be a Batman and Robin story. Uh, honestly, Robin has never gotten a fair treatment, in my opinion, in uh, uh, in theaters. And the interesting thing around this, okay, is they are not going with Dick Grayson. They are not going with Tim Drake. They are, I mean, or any other Robin. They're specifically going for Batman's son in this. So you are getting Damian Wayne, of course, the offspring of Bruce Wayne, Batman, and Talia al Ghul, uh, you know, daughter of Rachel Ghul. So this could work. I like Damian Wayne as a character. Um, I think he's actually, I mean, ultimately I think he's kind of annoying. I think he's kind of, you know, is there a, ter- is there a male term for Mary Sue that I, I don't know it, but, <laughs> but he's a little too good and too young, even though I understand his lineage and you know, that sets up a lot. Um, he can be a bit of an annoying character. I feel, I mean, the only problem I, I think it could be fine and the brave and the bold offers it or opens the movie up to bring in a lot of characters in the Batman family, um, as well as a lot of villains, both of which are wins in my opinion. Um, I just hope that like either Nightwing shows up, like I'm disappointed that Dick Grayson outside of Batman forever, a fantastic film has never really gotten a fair shake in my opinion. And he's never been allowed to evolve. Um, which the power of the character of Robin has always been that it is the character that evolves. Batman doesn't evolve. Batman's a fucking stone statue, right? Robin is the character that evolves. And in many ways, especially in the eighties, let me tell you, and and before Tim Drake, by the way, but in many ways, um, really like, like, you know, the evolution from, from, of Dick Grayson from Robin to Nightwing 
showed a passage of time in DC Comics, especially in the 80s, okay? And it also, like, you've got to understand the power of a character like this, where, you know, like, when you're a little kid reading comic books, okay, like, you you can, yes, you can relate to the naivete, perhaps, of Robin, right, of Dick Grayson. But then you get to watch Dick Grayson grow up, and you as the child, like me in the 80s, you're like, oh, I can grow up, I can become Nightwing. And then, you know, it keeps on going. And if you remember even, you know, in, uh, um, you know, more recent Batman comics, not in the past, uh, you know, five years, but a little before, you know, Dick Grayson got to take on the mantle of the bat for a little while. And you get this progression um, that you can only get with a very young character, you know, and keep building up, building up, building up. Okay. And so it's disappointing that we don't get that evolution, particularly of Dick Grayson, who is, I mean, again, like this, this guy, in my opinion, yeah, he's not Batman or Wonder Woman or Superman, but I always felt that Nightwing was like the heart of the DC universe because he shows how the universe itself can evolve. And like, especially the nineties, uh, Nightwing series run, uh, comic series run, I mean, there's a reason that that, that issue number one went into like 10, 12 printings because that, that, that was such a hot comic. And I think a lot of people felt exactly what I feel about the character of Dick Grayson. So a part of me is a little disappointed that we don't get those stories, at least not right away. We could get them in animated and we're going to talk about animated because animated films, this is, this is going to be a clinchpin issue for me, uh, or a major issue for me. Um, when we talk about it, not necessarily all negative, but. Well, we'll get into it. Um, anyway, Brave and the Bold. Okay, this this should be interesting. Um, and particularly because, not just because Robin is there. Again, I don't, I wish it was a different Robin, but it's fine. But it'll be great to have other members of the Bat family, in which I'm sure we will, as well as really Batman's ultimate strength isn't even just Robin. It is, Batman has probably the strongest cast of villains of any other comic book character and to be able to take advantage of that in a super film, like something called the brave and the bold and not the Batman or something, you know, really boring like that, uh, that, that gives us a lot of options. So I'm, I'm fairly excited for that. Uh, next film, Supergirl, woman of tomorrow. Now this is apparently being lifted straight out of Tom King's fantastic DC run recently. Um, which was titled woman of tomorrow. Uh, this is a very different Supergirl. Um, I would have loved it if they did like Red Lantern Supergirl, because I thought that was, that was a kick-ass storyline, but that's not really happening as far as I can tell yet. Anyway, maybe we'll get to the point, you know, maybe we'll get into a chapter two of the DCU, um, which it is annoying that yes, he's, what is he calling it? Chapter one, gods and monsters. Like, I'm so tired of, oh, this is phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, and all. Just fucking stop. We can have a conversation around that uh, momentarily as well. But maybe we get to, like, chapter two or chapter three, and by that time, we can actually have, like, you know, Blackest Night storylines, you know, major events or major movies like that, which that would be insane to see on screen. But anyway, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, this is a science fiction story, and I applaud that overall because one of my favorite things about Man of Steel, the movie Man of Steel with, you know, Cavill as, as Superman was it turned Superman into a science fiction character more so than a superhero. 
And I applaud that move. And if they're going to pull that with Supergirl, great. Dynamite. Can't wait to see it. You know, and if it's a direct lift from Tom King's work, we're in for a treat. Uh, next movie, another one of my favorite DC characters, Swamp Thing. Now, this is apparently going to be a horror film. Here's the beauty of that, okay? You know, if you don't know about Swamp Thing, go get reading up on Alan Moore, okay? The beauty of this is that we get different genres, but there's still genres that play in the fantastic, okay? There are times, and certainly this is going to happen as well with this list that we're going to break down, or that we're going down, there are times where it's abundantly clear. You think of something like WandaVision where clearly they want to like Disney just needs to put out some kind of fucking content on Disney plus. And so they come up with dumb ass sitcom ish, whatever kind of ideas. Um, and they are effectively low rent as in not a big, special effects budget. They are low rent TV shows that try to do like artsy things to make you think that it matters or to explain why you're not seeing Scarlet Witch kicking ass nonstop. Okay. And I think that these kinds of shows are ultimately boring. Um, so, but cause you could say, well, no, Marvel does play in other, uh, you know, genres, but it's these kinds of shows. No, that's, I, I want other genres. Yes, but still make them part of the fantastical, uh, and Swamp Thing being a horror film, still falls in that realm. Um, I'm very interested to see what they do with this. Uh, there have been a lot. I mean, there have been, you know, two Swamp Thing movies before there have been multiple Swamp Thing TV series. Uh, and most of that stuff turns out pretty well, maybe different than what you'd expect from the comic books, but usually, you know, turns out pretty well. Uh, I mean, I particularly love the Swamp Thing, uh, the two Swamp Thing movies from the nineties, huge fan of, uh, Lee Majors role also as Swamp Thing in the TV series. Um, so I'm excited to see where this goes. And, you know, I'm all about having a DC horror film, like totally. There's plenty of characters that they could really play with that, you know, I mean, and, 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 and also it just not be Constantine all the time. I mean, you have justice league dark, you have phantom stranger, you have so many characters, you, you know, the specter, you have so many characters that you could bring in, but oh fuck Constantine, Constantine. And it's like, shut up. Okay. If Keanu Reeves couldn't pull it off, just stop. So, um, Anyway, that, that's it for the slate of films, new movies getting made under James Gunn's, you know, plans for chapter one. Let's go into television shows. And this is where we will start to talk about animated shows. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll save that for last. So, okay. Television shows. First one is Waller, of course, around the character of Amanda Waller, head of the suicide squad and so much else within the DC universe. Um, I think this is great. Uh, like Viola Davis is, I thought she's been doing a phenomenal job and she's like really been, uh, the cornerstone of the DCEU. And, you know, when she shows up, everything just goes up to 10. I really, really dig the character. So for her to get a spinoff series, that's, you know, playing off of, um, Peacemaker, which, you know, I can't stand John Cena, but Peacemaker is just dynamite and we are still getting peacemaker season two um i'm intrigued to see where this goes uh i'm all about it and you know it's funny though because like they're keeping viola davis she's playing the same character like so an important point to bring up james gunn said in that little five minutes that he did announcing you know what's coming for the dcu 
He said that there will be Elseworlds films. There will be other universes, right? Like the Batman with um, uh, the sparkling vampire there, uh, you know, in skinny pants. He's he's going to be in his own universe. I'm glad about that, really. Um, and then, you know, like other like, and he, he said something odd about Shazam, which we got to get into that. But he said that Shazam has always kind of been its own thing over here. But, you know, again, Waller is part effectively. It seemed like James Gunn was saying that parts of the Snyderverse could still crop up every once in a while. Okay, and that maybe not everything from the past has been erased. We'll see. But with Waller still, you know, with Amanda Waller still being around, played by the same actress, it does make you wonder. Of course, DC is, you know, best known for its multiverse. So. Anyway, um, yeah, Waller looks great. I'm all for that. Um, Lanterns. This is one where I'm a little, little, little concerned. Uh, the, so it's going to center around Hal Jordan and John Stewart. And it sounded like he was saying that it was going to take place on earth and it was going to be kind of like this little detective story. And this is where it feels like Okay, so you want to introduce the Green Lanterns, probably because, like I had said earlier, you want to eventually do a Blackest Night movie, which would only make sense. But you only have so much budget. It's risky to introduce the Green Lantern. I mean, like, the concept of the Green Lantern Corps is kind of oddball, even though they're just space police. It's still kind of oddball. uh, That you want to ground them, perhaps, in reality, by making something that is very low budget and low key, because this is what it sounds like. It sounds like a low budget, you know, they'll have little things where they could do little things with their ring, but it's not going to be, you know, an action extravaganza or, you know, more of a science fiction epic. Like we generally expect from green lantern stories and have expected from green lantern stories for over 50 years. Um, yeah, well, 50, yeah, 50, <laughs> Sometimes I forget what year we're in anyway. So, uh, yeah, this part, this part bothers me because like, no, if you're going to do green lanterns, let's go all the way. You should be in outer space. You don't need to be on earth. Let's get out there. Let's do the strange shit. And that's not what they're going for. But like I said, I could kind of see where they feel like they have to do a slow burn in introducing the concept of green lanterns to the populace. And this is, again, this is going to be on TV. So if they needed to do budget cuts somewhere again, I guess I can see where they're coming from, but I don't dig it. Anyway, I, I could, could end up being uh, wrong. You know, it's going to be Hal Jordan, which I applaud that, uh, John Stewart, which I applaud that, you know, the important thing is having really having Hal Jordan in there. Um, I, I'm still just always amazed that Kyle is no longer like, like my head is still in the space that Kyle Rayner's like that he's the Green Lantern because DC pushed that so hard for so long. And now we've come full circle after the nineties to where no Hal Jordan's the man and seemingly is, you know, always will be. Okay. Well, I told them that. And then I, I've been saying that forever. I guess, you know, the people at DC finally just caught up to that. Okay. Uh, Paradise Lost. This is cool. Uh, this is going to be, I mean, the only problem, the only thing that's not cool about it is that I don't know why everybody feels like they have to have a game of Thrones 
And this is effectively going to be the DC's Game of Thrones. It's all going to be on Themyscira. And it's, you know, without Wonder Woman, it is the island that Wonder Woman comes from. And, you know, telling the history of that island and everything, which there's certainly plenty to explore within that. Um, so ultimately, I'm excited for this, even though I just I could do without the fucking like if the theme song has cellos. I'm just going to shit myself because I'm, I'm so sick of that. You know, like everybody wants to copy the theme song for game of Thrones for some reason, but, and not just the, the theme song, but they grab the actors from it. They, they, you know, want to lift the story and the tone and everything. And it's like, no, you know, who said it worked in the first place? Okay. Cause it got all the dumb dums into it. Well, comics aren't for dumb dums, but whatever. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, I, I dig that. Like ultimately those complaints aside, I, I dig the idea, uh, booster gold. There's going to be a booster gold, uh, series. This, this is cool. Uh, I, I like booster gold as a character. Um, you know, booster gold is effectively like a guy who is a nobody from the future, but with advanced tech from the future, he comes into the past to effectively be somebody. Um, he's, just been a, a classic in my mind since the nineties, very funny guy. His, uh, you know, arguments with blue beetle and everything have been, uh, you know, are, are legendary. Um, of course that was before the modern blue beetle, but regardless, it worked in the nineties. I, I think booster gold is going to be a very funny character. This is going to be, you know, we know we're going to get season two of peacemaker, uh, booster gold, in my opinion, would be the natural fit to replace kind of the, the comedy of peacemaker. Um, so it's, it's a natural fit for a TV show. So I, I can dig that now. So those are the live action television shows that have been announced. Keep in mind everything here. James Gunn just says, this is for starters. He could have more that could come out during this chapter one gods and monsters, uh, uh phase, but let, now let's get into, uh, the animated realm, which starts off with creature commandos. Now creature commandos is an odd choice. I mean, comic book fans know what that is, you know, and, and, and it is like, I mean, I don't know how it's not really going to get into horror stuff, but you know, you have like a, you know, you have your, your, uh, like a bride, you have the bride of Frankenstein. I mean, you know what you're getting, you're getting like monsters, greatest hits after a fashion here. Um, and I like, this is fine. The two points that are interesting. One is James Gunn said that animated series, the voice actors that they bring in for animated series are people that they plan to use whenever the characters leap from animated to live action. Now that's great. And I mean that that's great because, you know, as, as solid as Rosario Dawson did with Ahsoka, like it's always going to suck that we never got Ashley Eckstein playing Ahsoka in real life. And I really think she could have, um, but whatever. I mean, I, I still think no matter what, it doesn't matter how good the show Ahsoka is for people that know, I think Ashley Eckstein's always going to be Ahsoka, just like for many Star Wars fans, myself included. And I like Hayden Christensen a lot. You know, I, in fact, I, I mean, I like his work even outside of Star Wars. I've talked about it tons of times, uh, you know, Jumper, Virgin Territory, and a bunch of others. Um, you know, who's Anakin Skywalker? Matt Lander, <laughs> Matt Lander is, is Anakin Skywalker at the end of story. So anyway, um, yeah. So I think that's a cool idea on James Gunn's part. We'll see how well that works out. Um, my big problem here is the one area that DC 
was smoking Marvel on and really any other comic publisher on was the DC animated universe. Okay. And I don't just mean like from the nineties with, you know, the Bruce Tim stuff. Okay. You know, you know, Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, Batman beyond Justice League unlimited and, you know, and so on, even though that's for many, like those, those cartoons are considered not just great comic book adaptations, but the greatest cartoons ever made out of anything. And for good reason. But their their animated movies that they, their DCAU that they started making when New Fifty Two started, um, and they've been doing Elseworlds with that as well, like you know Gotham by Gaslight for Batman and and some others, and Batman Ninja, which is probably might even be the greatest comic book movie ever made. Um, I mean, like they're they're just doing amazing shit with that, and it really sucks because they created like. <laughs> And I know I've said this a million times because I used to review every DCAU film because I wanted people to watch this so much because it's like, oh, DC's got to copy Marvel. DC's got to copy Marvel. You know, got to copy the the, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, the MCU. And I'm like, yeah, they already did. And they're actually doing it better. It's just, it's animated. So nobody watches it apparently. <laughs> but but they're killing Marvel. <laughs> like, like Marvel movies. Look, I know I rip on Marvel all the time. Marvel does make some good films, but even the best Marvel movies, and I'm not saying this because I hate Marvel or I, I don't hate Marvel, but I'm not saying this because I can't stand the MCU. I do hate the MCU. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm not saying this because I can't stand the MCU. All right. Cause I'll give credit where it's due there. All right. I am saying this just straight up as a person who, as I've said a billion times, you cut my arm and it's, it bleeds comic book ink. You understand? That's how much I'm into comic books. I'm saying this as a comic book fan nothing comes close to what the DCAU has done. And it is an interconnected canon. And there's even else worlds that shoot off and everything. It is stunning work. I cannot even begin to imagine that James Gunn is going to be able to match what was being done in the DCAU over the past decade. I cannot, I mean, even Zack Snyder, as great as he is, was never going to top what was happening in the DCAU. It's just not going to happen. Though that all that shit is so good. And now it sounds like that has come to an end unless they're going to keep doing shit with Elseworlds. I don't know, but ultimately it sounds like that is, uh, that is coming to an end. So creature commandos. Okay. Whatever. That'll be fun stuff. Um, I like his idea of having the, the voice actors transition to live action. All, all that's fine. My disappointment is that this is the one place where DC was absolutely succeeding on all counts and you're just going to rewrite it or you're going to, and you're just going to stop this, like this, this beautiful continuity. What a shame. What a shame. Now let's talk a little bit about what's, what's already in the hopper. You know, what's, what's coming. Uh, so you do have Shazam Fury of the gods coming in March. Um, I know that there was a big story going around that black Adam turned down the role to be in Shazam. Cause he could, or, you know, the rock could have been in it. And, and or I said, black Adam turned it down. The rock turned it down. I would not be surprised if he still shows up. Really? Um, I know that a lot of like there have been, and there have been a lot of claims of things getting written out of say like the flash movie, like Wonder Woman was supposed to be in it and other people and all that's getting pulled. I would be intrigued for them to, because this is all in the editing room. You know, I, I guess I just kind of wonder if they don't splice something in being hopeful, but who knows? Um, Anyway, Shazam Fury of the Gods. So like I said, James Gunn's words on that particularly were he's always been off kind of doing his own thing. So 
you know, the first Shazam movie was rightfully so a success. That's why there's a sequel. Um, And I would love if that got to continue on. I would love if that was the opening for The Rock to come back in, you know, as Black Adam. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, I am excited for that. I'll certainly be going to theaters in March of this year to see that one. Um, I was, you know, he did talk about Blue Beetle. A Blue Beetle's coming. The movie's coming. Um, I don't know. I'm neither here nor there on that. What I'm really shocked by is that he did not distance himself away from the flash film, considering the clusterfuck that is the life of one Ezra Miller playing the flash. Um, and he's, he's, I mean, he, James Gunn was saying it in that five minute clip that, or I don't know what, eight minutes, however long it was, he was saying right in it that this is an amazing movie. Fantastic movie. Like he's really confident in this. And he came out, you know, and said specifically, this is flashpoint. This is, this is going to reboot the universe. So this is what, you know, this, the flash movie coming out later this year, was it June this year, 2023 is going to allow for this new, you know, amount, this new, uh, a slate of films and TV shows and animated shows and video games. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they being Ezra Miller, they, they are such scumbags, uh, such a scumbag that I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I can give this movie any money. (laughs) Like, like this is one where, because, you know, here's, here's what you got to rock, right? When you are, and, and at some point, you know, I don't believe in laws. I don't believe in legal frameworks. Okay. If I did, if I were into that sort of thing at some point, like I would be making class action lawsuits against Hollywood studios or against entertainment studios for many reasons. One of the things I would be doing is, uh, like, you know, trailers presenting or presenting, uh, uh, scenes or even characters and whatever else in films that don't end up actually being in the film or that grossly misrepresent what actually happens in the movie. Um, you know, like, like purposely mislead and not like, I think that's false advertising, you know, and, and in other parts of the consumerist world, you know, you can return a product and, and get your money back on that kind of shit. Right. But here's the thing. So now that, and, and so, so certainly I would, you know, if I believed in, in going to lawyers, Um, this is something like, this is work. This is a legal framework I would start building up because now that movie, movie studios or or entertainment studios are planning out gigantic franchises. And James Gunn in that video said, this is an eight to 10 year plan. If you, you know, you are investing, right. Your time and literally your money into an eight to 10 year business strategy. If you are somebody who, you know, is excited about DC comics, DC characters and everything, and you perhaps are excited for what's coming with James Gunn, you know, with what he has plans for the DCU, what he has planned, you are effectively an investor, right? Because you're going to go, you, and, and I mean, you're even told to act like an investor, like, Hey, if you want to see this come to the table, you got to put your money down. If you want this, if you want a black Adam too, you got to put your money down. This is exactly the kind of calls that get made to investors 
in the tr you know traditional finance world. And that's how they're talking to you. Moviegoers, franchise goers is what we should really call them. Franchise goers are effectively investors. And I think that they should have the same legal protections or ramifications of investors. This is, I mean, the, like, because this marketing is completely out of control. You know, like the, them telling you, you got to vote with your dollars, show up in theaters and all this shit. Like all of that is risky. Now with investment, there's always risk, right? But then there are also usually protections and ways where, you know, contracts that you sign to get out of things. And like, really it's getting to that point that you are effectively, uh, you know, an investor in, in these properties. And, and that's, I mean, you know, for me, like, I'm so disappointed that, seemingly the Snyderverse or the DCEU as it was after the not success of black Adam. Um, I'm not going to call it a failure, but the not so success of, of black Adam, uh, that that's not going to go forward. I'm like, fuck, because look, I've bought all the Blu-rays within the Snyderverse, right? All of them, even league of super pets. Like, <laughs> like I have all the Blu-rays and here, you know, here's the rub, like as investors, we should be able to say, okay, you can come out with a flash movie, but you can't have Ezra Miller in it. Right. Because investors get to call that shot all the time with companies say, yeah, okay. You want to do that plan? Then you've got to meet our demands here, 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 here. And cause I guarantee you that there are plenty of people who would say, uh, yeah, okay. Make that movie. No Ezra Miller. Nope. Rapist. And, and so many other things. Um, this is, yeah. So this is a tough one for me where I don't even really want to give it, like, I don't want to give it eyes. I don't want to give it optics. I don't want to put any money on it for sure. Uh, and, and that's sad, you know, because what I originally saw of Ezra Miller, you know, with their role as the flash, I really liked initially, but then you find out the person's scum and yeah. So, so this, this is a real challenge. And I'm, again, I'm really, really surprised that James Gunn did effectively nothing to distance himself from that other than they're going to treat it as an entire reboot of the universe. And maybe they're going to try and spin it somehow that way, but it's still nasty. Okay. Now the movie I did leave out is Aquaman two, which also James Gunn sounded really excited about and is also strange. Look, Aquaman one was, was a masterpiece. And I, I, with no exaggeration, that is a masterpiece. That movie did insane money, insane money and deservedly. So, um, like, how are they, how are they going to treat that? Like th this is just, all of this is so confusing. And I'm just saying that, I, you know, as cautiously optimistic as I am with James Gunn, I'm a little worried because we don't really have a lot of clarity. I mean, that's fine if they want to do Elseworld shit, and in that sense, then like make Elseworld stuff that wraps up the Snyderverse, you know, um, even if it's animated, go ahead. Would Zack Snyder really say no to doing an animated film? I, I kind of have a hard time believing that, but maybe, um, you know, even just to do it because here's, here's the thing that again, with, with this, and, and this is really a new thing. Like, yeah, we've always had franchises. Okay. In the entertainment industry, but now these franchises are like 
you know, you, you thought Straczynski had a big plan with a five-year plan for Babylon 5, which, by the way, at the time, everybody thought was stupid. I said it wasn't, but everybody else thought it was. Now people are, what, they're doing 10-year, 20-year plans? Hell, what would what, what, what Disney say with Star Wars? They have, like, a 100-year plan? Right? Wasn't that, I mean, I don't know that they meant that literally, but but that was basically what they were suggesting. Of course, they don't really have a plan, but, you know, they certainly plan on putting stuff out for 100 years anyway. <laughs> Obviously, they don't have a plan. But my point being... Like franchises are very different things now, and they are ultimately investments. They are by, by legal definition, they are investments, not just investments by people who have stock in Warner brothers. Okay. Or Disney or whatever. They are investments on parts of the fans, part of the movie goer, the game buyer, the television watcher. Okay. And you really got to think about all of this very differently. And not only do fans, I think that they'd be right to think about it differently, but also studios should be thinking about it differently. Why? Because every investor knows that the company you're investing in, one of the ways that you achieve growth is through a, an ancient concept called a loss leader. Okay. So if you want people to buy into your new universe, one of the best ways to do that, James Gunn, is to close out the universe that people already invested in. Give them closure, okay? This is akin to when you, you know, like, say, I don't know, you, you have some, and sadly this doesn't happen often enough, but say when, um, like, Google sunsets a product, <laughs> or just pick any company, like, say, an IoT, okay, right? an Internet of Things device, okay, company goes under. What should that company do when the company goes under open source, the code open source, the, the hardware to where, you know, those who have already invested paid for it and maybe even built their house around your IOT platform, um, can take it upon, at least have the option to take it upon themselves to allow their, their devices, their IOT devices and everything else to work into perpetuity or at least for at least as long as they can get parts. Right. And, and do the coding perhaps themselves or that there's a community that could do the code for them. So same deal here. Okay. Like that's the right way to appease, uh, customers who have been investing in your products. I think this is the same deal. And, you know, again, okay. So you think that there aren't enough fans for Snyderverse films, which just isn't true, but even if that were true, uh, wrap it up, put a bow on it so that people can move on. They have their story, they have it and they can move on. Believe me, those people, including myself, will be very fucking happy. Um, and so this idea of having lost leaders, I mean, you know, if you want to have a good time, like go to a search engine and type in Hollywood taxes and you're going to see that like whether or not a movie is really successful anyway, to some degree doesn't matter. It all comes down to paying back investors, right? It all comes down to like, like just look up Hollywood taxes. You, you can thank me later. Okay. Because you're going to see how screwed up the money game is in, in the entertainment industry. Uh, but that's my point is that, you know, allow for prestige pieces, allow for, or that that's a traditional term in Hollywood, allow for prestige pieces. Ones, you know, that aren't going to make a ton of money, but it's to make critics happy or fans happy. Allow for what are effectively loss leaders. Okay. You know, it's not going to, it's not, you're not going to make the money back on the investment. Okay. But it's going to allow for, it's going to garner future, um, you know, future goodwill from your fan base. 
And that's a good thing to do. So they've got to think about things in this way. If they are planning on doing multi-billion, I mean, and what would eventually account for probably, you know, trillions of dollars, uh, for these franchises, you have to think about these things differently. They are not just movies anymore. Okay. They are whole fucking like alternate, you know, universes. So anyway, um, there's my thoughts on all of this. Ultimately, like some of these things I think are, are a good idea. Others I'm like, what, why? <laughs> no, this isn't the way, but ultimately I'm cautiously optimistic just because I do think James Gunn is a brilliant writer and a brilliant director. And at the end of the day to appease my hero and dear friend, dearly departed friend, Harlan Ellison, isn't it exciting to finally have a writer as a CEO of an entertainment, uh, uh, company. Yeah, that's fucking exciting. And I'll run with that for now. So that is it for this episode of TIE Fighter Renegades. Of course, we will be back with more. It'll be Rob and I will rock some Star Wars, many other things. I have some solo episodes I'm going to do about Star Wars as well. No pun intended there. And, uh, because there's so much great shit going on. The comic books are white hot. They have been for the past couple of years. Uh, a lot I want to talk about there. And speaking of other phases, we have phase two of the High Republic, which interesting things happening there that I want to talk about for sure. So much to get into, but I will wrap this one up and I will see all of you woo, on the other side. TIE Fighter Renegades signing off. <laughs>